You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. And you know what? I hope everybody had a, a really great Halloween last night. And uh, Chris is here because we're going to be talking about uh, a, a story that w- we did as a, as a comic book of the month uh, two days ago on Monday. Uh, it's going to be Batman's A Long Halloween. And we want to do what that would look like in the Marvel Universe. Yep, we're going to take a great story. And we're going to cross it over with our own podcast. This is kind of exciting. <laughs> I feel like we need editor's boxes. But uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to take the long Halloween and we're going to put it in the Marvel Universe. Um, I actually, I enjoyed this one. This was a fun challenge. I had a good time putting it together. Yeah, you know, it was, it's a real, it, it was real different. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's what we do normally, but it, it's also had this whole um, bigger like feel, I think. Yeah. Well, I think for me, what was exciting for once was I actually had daytime to think about it. Mm-hmm. Like we granted at work, it was a cluster of a day. So luckily I had to take guard of somebody else's position and I had thinking time. And I was like, oh, I'm going to tie this into that and this and that instead of shooting from the hip. So it's kind of <laughs> neat to have that ability for once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's always good. Prep time. And Batman, you know. It's amazing what you can do with prep time. <laughs> he, he lives by it. So there you go. I actually got Tim Sale to come and draw Daredevil for me. It's amazing. <laughs> in Mitch's uh, room where we record, I've got all these storyboards up. It's it's fantastic. It, it's a little overwhelming. It's true. Uh, Jeff Jeff Lode had to walk out. He was just like, I can't handle this. <laughs> uh, okay, so if anybody who hasn't read uh, The Long Halloween yet um, or would like to know more about it, you should check out the podcast that we did with uh, This New Machine when, and or something like that. Uh all those guys and that was out last monday and then come back and listen to this but before we get to our challenge like always let's talk about what's on the spinner rack this week okay so coming at you hard and fast um this one's kind of a neat one i have the the trade paperback so i'm not going to get it but the absolute justice league world's greatest superheroes hardcover now these were reprints of basically the alex ross stuff and if i remember correctly i think this collection would be like the uh, Peace on Earth Superman, the Power of Hope for Shazam, the Truth and uh, Justice, the Batman and Wonder Woman's. And then it comes into a Justice League story and then like um, a several, well, another book that contained like one page origins of the, you know, the classic satellite era Justice League members. Beautiful work by Alex Ross and great words by Paul Dini. So if you've missed out on that, I highly recommend, I mean, this is a hefty one, but you're getting a very great collection of it another one and i used to be excited for this one but since they've changed everything i'm not too worried about it but with the upcoming movie this may change so aquaman the atlantis chronicles is finally being collected so what was that when was that so the atlantis chronicles was probably i want to say oh gosh late 80s early 90s and basically this was 
this told the story of not just Aquaman, but like the kingdom, the lineage from Atlantis being sunk to, you know, the birth of Arthur Curry and being left out on the reef on Shark Reef. Like this thing was this was like days of our lives, you know, with Shakespeare melodrama and just all of it. Like it was it was insane because this is the one where we have, you know, the the, the I, I don't Aquaman's mom. You know, she goes up to the land, meets Atlanta. Tom Curry. Um, gets pregnant and she gets dragged back into the, you know, to the kingdom. And then once she gives birth, you know, this is where we first learn about the curse. So it's a blonde haired, blue eye baby. And it's like, we can't have that. So the king is like, take this child, take it up onto the reef, leave it up there. So it'll essentially drown in, you know, in the water, up in the, up in the air and it'll cook to death in the sun. And then the king, after that order goes and cuts his own head off. Like this was some dark stuff. This was insane. Um, people have been clamoring for it to be collected for years. DC has tried. Um, and finally we're getting this. So it's a deluxe edition hardcover. Um, I think it's like 24 comics or something. So, Wow. This is a pretty big deal. So like I said, I, I was always hoping for it. I remember when I was reading Peter David's Aquaman in the 90s, so back when it was the hook hand and all that stuff. <clears throat> I was getting into it, and I, I always wanted this collected, but they never did it. And you know, But you know, obviously, that era of Aquaman is so different compared to what we got going on now. Yeah. You could almost miss it. But with them reprinting it, odds are there's going to be some movie influence. So mm. if you want to kind of get a sneak peek, that might be a great way to do it. Uh, continuing on with modern stuff. So we have Batman issue 34, which will continue the... So Catwoman have said yes, and Batman and Catwoman got on horses, and they went to the desert, and now we have the whole... It's canon, where we have Batman wearing the coat and the goggles, so oh, you know, now you can feel good about it. And uh, this is part two of the rules of engagement, and basically Batman's on a quest to tell people about his upcoming marriage. So who should you tell first? Your ex. Talia? So he's got to tell Talia. Wow, that's weird. Yeah, this is going to be insane because I don't think she's going to react very well. So this could be something else. Um, continued on, we have Batman the Devastator, number one. So this is going to be Batman mixed with Doomsday. So, yeah, he's probably going to kill Superman because that's what Batman does. And that's what Doomsday does. <laughs> that's what Doomsday does. So <laughs> he's going to kill him twice. Uh, but anyways, this continues on with the metal stuff, which is fantastic. Batman White Knight, number two. Um, again, continuing on with the trend of Elseworlds not being called Elseworlds, but they're Elseworlds. Uh, this one was really good because the the White Knight series is basically kind of a flip with Batman and Joker. Batman got, or sorry, the Joker got beaten insane by a Batman who went insane. So they're kind of on flip stations here. So um, issue one was good. I didn't get to really sit down and analyze it, but I'm enjoying it. And the art is very beautiful, in my opinion. So would... Uh is it funny that the two or excursions into the Elseworlds again is both Batman stories? I mean, it's From a Nightwing story, world. but yeah. yeah, it's you know, well, it's a safer bet because honestly, like, if you really think about like challenge yourself to sit down and think about some of the best Elseworlds, they usually are Batman Superman related. Um, I know we'll have soft spots for some of them, but even then, like you know, what was it, uh, Batman and Brightest Night? Our Darkest Night. You know, that was when Bruce Wayne got a Green Lantern ring. Okay, it's Green Lantern, but it's still Batman at the heart of it. And even when they did Green Lantern, I think it was Evil's Might. It was the one that was set very much in like the turn of the century America mm -hmm. with Kyle wearing like an Allen costume. Mm -hmm. and Allen was a, 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 a crooked cop and Hal was a 
street gangster, you know, it's like, oh, well, it was fun, but it didn't nearly get as high as some of the other ones. There's the <gasps> a thousand and one Emerald Knights. I remember there that was that one. Yeah, they did that yeah, one. It's like a, it's uh, like Aladdin, Aladdin yeah, yeah Aladdin. Alibaba kind of thing. Yeah, that was a fun one. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I mean, I guess that's kind of the same that they do with like the animated movies that DC comes out with. They're always batman related somehow it's either yeah. batman or justice league like they don't yeah, those are the sales points so it's like, <laughs> all right so you know unfortunately it's it's a shame because like you know it's a trip to go back and read uh the original flashpoint when they did mm. that elseworlds the flash flashpoint where barry stopped jfk from being assassinated that was such a trippy comic, you know, and it's like, wow, you know, to go back and read it and see the ramifications and like even kind of read it now with more adult eyes as opposed mm-hmm. to younger eyes. So, um, but yeah, anytime those are out there, I highly recommend Elseworlds. It's fun. You know, it's, it's what we do for a living. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Okay. So if you're a fan of black lightning, he's getting a, uh, upcoming mini series, cold dead hands. So this should be exciting because with him getting some more uh, profile because of the TV show, right. he's also definitely going to be getting a lot more profile in the comic books. Yeah, because uh, this, oh, this is coming out. Yeah, this came out today. Uh, the show comes out, I believe, in January. Yeah, yeah. So it'll definitely. Well, this is a six issue mini, so they're definitely prepping in, in yeah. advance for that one. Uh, these are neat books. I always recommend you get them, and they're usually free. So when you get one, thank your comic book store owner or wherever you go. DC Essentials Graphic Novels. So I always get these to keep them on hand because that way if a friend asks me, oh, you know, what should I read or this or that, this is just a nice book to hand them. And sometimes they do it really neat where they'll have, like, here's the Batman. So, like, here's a good reading order. Here's the Justice League. Here's a good reading order. Here's Green Lantern, you know. And it's it's just nice, and it gives them kind of a rundown of where they're going in terms of the stories and how to put your trades in order and stuff like that. So I, I highly recommend those. Um, all right. Now, this is one I'm really excited for. Dead Man, number one. Wow. Neil Adams is coming back. So no offense to Neil. I love his art. Um, but I've it's kind of hard sometimes with his writing. He's a great guy. Um, he's done a lot for the comic book industry. Um, someday when we start talking about creators, I'll give you more of a background on him. But he has a tendency to paint himself in a corner. Hmm. And um, I'm kind of worried. But what's real exciting about this story is way back in the day, like 1967, this issue of Strange Adventures came out. And, you know, lo and behold, we get the Dead Man. Now, Dead Man was kind of interesting because back then with the comics code being really strictly enforced, there were no horror comics. Well, how do we put out a horror comic? We'll call him a superhero. (laughs) So that's how they got around that. Um, it was a real exciting situation. You know, man gets killed and he's given a chance to be alive to try to solve his own murder. And if you go back and read those issues, they're available trade online, however you wish. You'll notice that he starts investigating his murder and then the creative team gets moved and that got forgotten. And Neil Adams himself even said that, you know, back in the day. I wanted to do that. I wanted to solve this case. And they just didn't, you know, because then he got reassigned to something else. Another writer came on board, whatever the case may be. So this one's actually going to tie in instead of it. Well, okay, you always had this guy, the hook, who supposedly killed Boston Brand. Now, he's part of the League of Assassins. Well, that's changed because now the League of Assassins ties in with Ra's al Ghul. So... Is there a reason why Boston Brand was killed by the League of Assassins? That's what we're going to find out. I so, mean, League of Assassins does a lot in Nanda Prabhat, and now, yep. and that's where Boston Brand kind of learned 
yeah it's kind of like his his little hometown area yeah. yeah so it's it's gonna be neat because there's gonna be a lot of tie-in with it so obviously batman will be involved again <laughs> safety and sales you know but it's nice because if i remember correctly i think neil adams is the co-creator of rachel ghoul so this will be kind of taking two of his uh, his his main projects, his, his work that he loves, and putting it together. So, so I'm excited. Oh, go ahead. I was just to say, there's no, there's no, there has been no written of who killed Boston Brand, like def, def, definitive. Well, it would definitely, it would be the hook. But now the motivations, that's oh, okay. what's going to come down. Because originally it was he was an assassin, but he lost his hand. So they're like, you can't be like, he's a sniper. You know, you can't be a sniper with a hook. It's just not going to happen. So he wanted to prove himself. So it's like, well, okay, look how good my shot is. Here's an acrobat in live action. And I pegged him off, you know, so that's always been that. But now we're going to find that there's more because I guess, you know, Rachel Ghoul went up to Boston's dad and was like, uh, you need to be part of our team. No, I won't be part of your team. And it's like, so I will curse your family. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was. Uh, what was it? What was it just about to say, but it's it's, um, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But anyway, so I highly recommend. It. I think it'll be a worthwhile series. Oh, I know. What I was gonna say. Do, do you think they'll incorporate uh, what's his name, Kane, uh, Mark Kane? No, David Kane, Cassandra Kane's father. Oh, you know, honestly, I don't know much about him. Uh, but she is in the modern comics, and this should be taking place in modern times, not like you know it's a series outside the DCU. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if if Kane does have a lot to do with the League of Assassins, I don't see why not. Okay, you know, so it'd be interesting to see. But the real question is, does Neil Adams know that? <laughs> that's where it really comes from. Uh, okay, let's see. Green Lanterns thirty four is out there, which will continue more adventures of. I think Simon and Jessica are finally coming back to Earth, but this is also the new writer Sam. No, not Sam Humphries. He left. Oh gosh, darn it! I forgot his name. But anyway, we got a new writer on board. Um, I recommend him. If I remember correctly, I think he was the old writer of Nightwing. No, nope, I got my books mixed. Darn it! Now I, I got whatever you had. A second <laughs> ago. But anyways, Green Lanterns is out there. Um, if you want a comic book that's just pure fun, Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica. So wow. if you're a fan of Riverdale and you want to get that crossed over with some of your Gotham City girls, here's the book that's just fun. Um, it, it, it is. It's just pure goofiness. So it's, it's a very worthwhile pickup. Uh, we have Injustice 2, issue 13 is out there. The Jetsons, number one. Let me ask you about that because I had stopped reading uh, Injustice 2 um, just just. Not not because it wasn't good. It was good. I just didn't keep up with it. But what did they end up doing with Plastic Man? Um, well, oh, man, this is tough because I – see, I read the digitals, and I forget where I – well, so the story – okay, now, now it comes to me. So the story kind of bounces around. So right now we're following Damien heading over to um, – Black Lightning's hometown, and he's helping her with Supergirl. And they're going to go to the Thymascara and help Diana escape the Amazons. Plastic Man, so Plastic Man, um, he got pulled in. So they basically did like a big, huge Mission Impossible scenario. So Plastic Man and his son, they both help Batgirl and one other character break into Rachel Ghoul's paradise. Um, in this paradise, there's extinct animals, extinct flora, and then a lot of like heroes that are planet based, you know, like you got animal man, you got poison ivy, you got vixen, uh, swamp, no swamp thing. I don't think was part of it, but you have some of these characters that are very much in tune with the earth. And so they're kind of, they're not necessarily siding with Rachel Gould, but it's like, he's doing a lot more for the earth than currently what the heroes are doing. So of course, Batman and his crew are breaking in to save Alfred and the children. 
And so they're there. Uh, young Ollie winds up seeing Wildcat die or get shot. And so that forces Ollie to actually kind of, he steps up to being a hero. So I was like, that was a cool moment. Um, but anyways, in the long end of it, Blue Beetle winds up overreacting. And this is the Jaime Reyes one because Ted Cord was killed. So that's why he's buying in on this mission as well. Um, and he accidentally starts like a big blast that destroys part of Rachel Ghoul's um, hidden area. Um, so this sets them like, like what I really liked about this one with that conclusion. I've never seen Rachel Ghoul that mad. Like he was just like detective leave now. So have you, they? Oh, sorry. Oh, so he, yeah, he just basically tells them to leave. So Batman and his crew they take Alfred. They leave. Uh, Plastic Man or Batman's just like Blue Beetle. Get the hell out of here! Don't even bother. And Plastic Man leaves to go after and comfort him. And he's like, "Hey, kid, you know we were all there. You made a call. It happens. Don't worry." And but he said something basically kind of leading to like where it almost looks like Plastic Man's upset with Batman, you know, because he's almost like, look, don't take it hard. You can't always please Batman no matter how hard you try. And it kind of sounded like there was something there with like even Plastic Man being like, yeah, I failed the guy. You know, he, we all failed the guy, even when we do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just kind of left that story arc. So he's a little bit in limbo. Have they uh, revealed who that evil Batman is? I think we're getting close to it. Okay. So no, no clue yet. Uh, my money, I'm still thinking it might be Jason. I don't know, though. Mm. So, but yeah, um, but Injustice 2, it's been fantastic. I still recommend it. Um, Jetsons number one is going to be out there. Um, if, I, you know, I need to read some of these Hanna-Barbera recreations that they're doing because some people, it's it's polarizing. You either really love it or you really hate it. And the Jetson one obviously is in the future. And now when we were younger and we would watch the Jetsons, the future was beautiful. I think this time they kind of take a different twist where the future's not so beautiful. Mm. So it could be an interesting read. Uh, Justice League number 32 will be out there. That is a tie-in to metal. So we are actually going to see the Justice League fight the evil Batman. So this will be really exciting. And you got Nightwing 32 out there, Superman 34. And this is another one that's very close to me that I will probably pick up. Two-Face, a celebration of 75 years. <sighs> Wow. Wow, yeah. yeah. So that's 150 years for the guy. Nah. Uh, hey. <laughs> but uh, those books are really neat. They're kind of cheesy, but it's kind of a neat collection of, you know, like first appearance and pivotal stories. So I'm curious to see what they pick as pivotal stories for Two-Face's history. Um, let's see. If you are a Batman fan, Batman, well, Shadow Batman number two is out there. They did Batman in the Shadow, and it seemed like it did well enough that it actually spawned oh, a okay. sequel. So that book is out there. Image will be continuing Walking Dead issue 73. This one is going to, well, actually, it's starting to get interesting. Um, I've been following the book passively uh, just because it's, it's not the same. Like, the heart of it's kind of changed, which is fine. That happens. Um, but there's an upcoming Negan story arc, and I'm very curious to see what's going to happen. Uh, if we're okay with spoilers. <clears throat> so Negan was imprisoned. Negan got out by sheer accident, and he told Rick. And, you know, Rick was like, okay, well, you're going back to jail. But another situation happened. Another war came, and Negan proved to be valuable. So Rick was letting him stay loose during the fight but then once the war was over he said okay well i'm not going to keep you in prison but you cannot stay here 
And so we're going to kind of see Negan go off on his own. So this could be interesting. Will he build another army or will he die? So that's kind of what I'm following along for to see what's going to happen there. Marvel Comics. Um, okay, I think this one might be a big issue. Astonishing X-Men number five is going to be out. Um, I think Professor Xavier's alive. But like not just in the astral plane. I think this one, either issue five or six, is going to bring him back to full-fledged life. Wow. Wow. They're totally not like, hey, you know, major character returns. <laughs> like, you know, so that is just pretty wild. Um, so I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. Now, do you think there'll be any ramifications because of, you know, the the Red Skull having part of his brain or do you, you know, is that, is that going to play into the fact that he's coming back? I don't think it'll play into it anymore because I know in the, so that brain matter got destroyed actually. Right. Um, because the uncanny Avengers and Captain America, so Stevel, they went after the Red Skull to eliminate him. And finally, once they did eliminate him, Rogue was like, cut that piece of brain off, you know, cut it off right now. And Steve's like, no, we need to study it. So the brain gets cut off. They give it to Rogue. Rogue takes it up into like the atmosphere and she's there with Johnny Storm, the human torch. And she's like, just destroy it. And he does. He burns it up. So that part is gone. Now the question is, yeah, like so physical body parts have been destroyed. How do we get a physical manifestation? But it's comics. So who knows? <laughs> um, I probably won't be reading this. I think it's exciting that he's back. Um, you know, if, if you look at the X-Men. You have a core group of characters. Now, my favorite team is always the original X-Men, but you, they've, they've been outgrown. You know, I mean, you have pivotal characters. I would almost say, I think when people think of the X-Men, the classic lineup probably is the giant size X-Men. You know, and we have Gene and Wolverine have been returned or returning in process. So Professor X and Cyclops are about your only two missing. Professor X is on his way back. Uh, Cyclops won't be. Axel Alonso dashed my hopes. <laughs> I think it was New York Comic Con. A fan straight up asked, okay, you're giving us these characters back. When's Scott coming? And he was like, we have no, you know, we have no plans. We have nothing in the workings. Now, yes, this is conventions. And, of course, they don't want to let the cat out of the bag. Right. Um, but, but usually they'll say you keep reading or something. Yeah, you know, not like, so hey, much look forward to nothing. <laughs> yeah, this is like a straight up, let me kick you in the dick. Uh, but what was exciting, though, was... <clears throat> as the uh, convention continued, or not the convention, but as that panel continued, you know, they did make the mention like, well, hey, you know, let us know what you guys want. And a fan just screamed out, bring back Scott Summers. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> my fans are there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah. Um, Captain America, number 695. This is the road to redemption. So Captain America is going to walk around America and try to find himself. Wait, didn't uh, Superman do this a couple years back where yeah, he just you know, walked the earth? Sometimes I think it, it helps called to grounded. be grounded. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, the conception's a little bit contrived and used and all that stuff, but I'm excited about it. Why? Because you have Mark Wade and uh, Chris Samney on it. Those two have a great chemistry together. Samney's art is very beautiful, and I think Mark Wade can give us a really good redemption story. So I, you, my, I felt the same way you did. It's like, really? I've read this story, but I'm actually excited but about I, this. I'm one. also, I mean, isn't, isn't that, didn't Captain America himself already do this story when he was Nomad? Like, just walking the earth and... Sometimes you just got to go for a walk, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just this felt like true. running. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're right. You're actually very right. He did that when he became Nomad after he saw that essentially, quote-unquote, President Nixon was the head of the secret empire 
you know, and he was just disgusted to see how gross his, his government had become, you know, but now this time it's, I guess the, the truth is, how do you live with knowing that you could have been persuaded so easily and knowing that that dark side of you is still out there? See, <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I think the biggest thing for me, if I was that Steve, like as I'm contemplating everything, it's more like, can I really reconcile the fact that I'm a real person or not? You know, like I'm literally just plucked out of the ether by a <laughs> sentient cosmic cube that decided that hey i want this guy to be around like this version of this guy like you're not even you uh, i don't know no but you're right that is like that is a huge like that's an existential yeah that got like uh we'll worry we'll worry about that later no like tell me is this steve rogers or not because they made it a huge point to be like this is not time travel this is not clones this is this is this is not and they told us that at the start of secret empire okay fine but then it's like well, wait a second. How do you explain uh, generations? What was that? Oh, well, it wasn't time travel, but they went back in time and met the current heroes and past selves. What? You yeah. know, like it was just so weird. I mean, some of the stories were neat, but they, you know, like I am so glad I did not go out and buy all of them. I'd be pissed. And I'm so glad I did not pre-order like the hardcover or trade. Even though the artwork is beautiful, that Alex Ross cover, I would be pissed because some of those are just awful stories they're just like wow this is a horrible one shot this is lame and it lays no groundwork some of them are just they have nothing and you're like really this was dumb so but yeah but i mean i i hope wade tackles that you know because yeah it, it, like is this superman red superman blue i mean like is this all of steve rogers is this part of steve rogers is this steve rogers i mean what happens if if Kobik goes away what if she stops thinking about him you know, so it's like, yeah, we'd, I'd like to know what's going on. Yeah. Or at least somebody asked the damn question <laughs> because it appears that it hasn't been brought up. But I think right now they just want to be like, hey, look, we're talking about a new Captain America. Let's forget about Secret Empire and move forward. But I commend Marvel for doing that story. What's wrong with it? You know, I think it was a neat idea. Why not have a character go rogue like that? You know, I, I thought it was neat. See, I enjoyed. But, I just wish the execution was better. I And you know what? I... I enjoyed I enjoyed Secret Empire as well, and I I would say that um, it was a good read overall. But I think they went too far in one direction. Like I I would love to have seen this story if you have Captain America Steve Rogers like running the country, but think running it the way that he believes it should be. But you you didn't have to throw in all this Hydra th stuff. Like you throw in all this Hydra stuff, and it's like okay, well we know we're supposed to hate him. Like we know that yeah. he's the bad guy because he's Hydra. If you would have just made it like you have you have a you have it split like half of the people are going to be like yeah he's right you know everybody yeah, he's, his he's doing something different he's he's fixed this problem he's fixed that problem exactly Maybe it's not a bad thing but it, yeah you're right once he comes out in full hydra general dress it's like yeah that doesn't matter it, <laughs> it doesn't matter if he's right because he's a he's a hydra agent he's now hydra, so yeah. and <clears> that's, that's one of the things that i had during the whole like uh storyline is like you have you have these generals that he's picked or his his secret cabinet oh, yeah, or his yeah. special counsel whatever you call it but they still have names that are like evil names like you <laughs> like who's going to take you seriously it, like that was the whole point of inhumans like the inhumans were created and they were giving names like medusa and gorgon like these are bad creatures in mythology but right. yet they're supposed to be our heroes like i get it for the inhumans but in 
the secret empire like these are hydra agents that are supposed to be good because hydra is supposed to be a good thing why would you still name yourself kraken a thing that supposedly killed you know thousands of people why why would you call yourself uh, you know dr poison i don't know if that was actually one of them but but you're right like if we're supposed to be the 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 better view but we're worshiping these cthulhu like creatures yeah (laughs) yeah it's gonna be a little bit of a uh, maybe i don't think i want to be in your camp (laughs) exactly so yeah that's that's the only like i just i wish they would have made some changes no i agree with that because yeah it's you know it's definitely still like i mean i like that he's working with questionable people but when they're rebranded it's a little bit better because like hence look at uh the superior spider-man I know it's still Doc Ock, but when he rebrands himself as Spider-Man, and then on top of that, he starts doing Peter Parker stuff, it's like, okay, I can buy this. I can read this book, and I can enjoy it. But when it's Captain America just doing Hydra stuff instead of Captain America doing Steve Rogers stuff and then persuading Hydra to come to his way of thinking, maybe that, that would have been the thought, but they didn't go that route. Yeah, with and, and- – Look at look at like what Norman Osborn did when he did when he had his Dark Reign, you know, his That's Dark true. Avengers. He didn't let Bullseye keep his Bullseye name. He's like, no, you're going to be Hawkeye, a, a hero, you know. Yeah, you're, you're not going to be uh, Doctor Moonstone or whatever her name was. Well, just Moonstone. Moonstone, yeah. You're going to be, gonna be Ms. Marvel. Yeah, because you those names have bad connotation. These yep. names have good ones. Uh, so yeah, that's what. That's just like I. The way that that was handled was so much better than the way that I feel Secret Empire was handled. Like I, but I said I did enjoy the story. Yeah, I liked it. I just, I, 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 yeah, the ending was the only part. But I'm hoping, like I said, hopefully with this, Wade will address some of those issues. Uh, but here's a major book. This would probably be my number one pick of the week for Marvel: Guardians of the Galaxy number one forty six. There's a lot going on with the Infinity Gems right now. A lot. <laughs> um, this is going to cross over into some major stuff. So if I remember correctly, I think this is the issue that first starts the number jump. Because I don't think there was a 145. Um, so this is this is Legacy is now hitting Guardians. And it's going to be exciting. Um, I'm, if I remember correctly, actually, I think this one has the... Yeah, it's the homage cover. So it's going to be... I don't know if you can picture it, but... Uh, Infinity Gauntlet number one, so the one with Thanos with the uh, the, the the Infinity Gauntlet and then all the heroes around and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're essentially redoing that. So it's uh, this is like I didn't buy many of those homage covers for the Marvel Legacy. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just pay the I'll pay normal price instead of the extra dollar. <laughs> um, this one I did though. I think it's going to be very worthwhile. So, so just in time for Avengers: Infinity War. Oh to man! Be well, this out. is going to be setting up because Ant Man's joining the team. Yeah, of course. But I like that though because Ant Man's kind of like like it, it that gets addressed. It's like, well, why are you joining us? Yeah, I fucked up during the Secret Empire. I chose to give out vital information, and a lot of people can't trust me right now. So I just need to be away. And it's <laughs> like, all right, that's cool. That's cool. Like we 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 saw an action and we see a ramification. I dig that. You know. So I'm excited about that. Um, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number six. Now, I hope I'm not mixing my books because you still have Amazing Spider-Man, which has already made the jump. Uh, Peter Parker will probably be making the jump in another issue or two. Um, Peter Parker and both of them send him to jail. But I don't think they send him to jail for the same reasons. I, I, I wish the editor was working that way to say, okay, let's have the story continue within the two books. Uh, but anyways, I know the Peter Parker book is going to be kind of neat because it's dealing with Peter's long lost sister. 
And so that kind of puts a whole monkey wrench into some of the stuff. So if you want to learn more about the Parkers, that would definitely be one to jump on as well. Spider-Man 234, which will be the adventures of Miles Morales. Right. This one's going to be exciting because Miles is going to take on his own Sinister Six, which is led by somebody in the Iron Spider costume. Uh, so really? The, yeah, that, that, that whole uh, Civil War costume that Tony Stark designed. Right. Somebody's going to be wearing one. And hmm. it's like, hmm, who's who's wearing that? I mean, the last person I remember was uh, Michael well, Van Patrick. Well, one of the one of the <laughs> Michael Van Patrick, yeah, one of the MVPs. So I, I wonder who would be in there. I'm very curious. And why too. would they be a villain? Yeah, well, they're especially it looks like they're gunning for uh, Miles. So is it somebody from his character group? Mm. You know? So that's going to be exciting. But what a great year for Joe Quesada. You know, over in Detective, they brought back his Asriel armor. True. You know, his Asbats armor. And then now in the Spider-Man book, they brought back his Spider-Man armor. So it's like, <laughs> hey, these two these two designs that are very much wrapped he designed in their that? Yeah. Yeah, he did both of those. I didn't know. I didn't remember that he did the Spider-Man armor. Now, oh. has anybody asked him why he decided to only give Spider-Man an extra three legs instead of an extra four legs? Oh, man. I don't think anybody has. Um, I would chalk it up to... I didn't draw that fourth leg, maybe. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you're an arachnid. Usually that'll put you in the eight leg category, not seven. Yeah. How does that work? I don't that know. That is weird. Uh, okay, before you go on, let me talk about Peter Parker real fast. All right, what you got? So you got Peter Parker, you got Ben Riley, you have Kane. They all share the same DNA, they're all clones of the same person, right? Yep. Now, the body that Otto Octavius is in, is that also a clone of Peter Parker? Well, yes and no. So, <clears throat> that body is like the Uber clone. So, it does have some of the Parker DNA because that's the one um, Ben was building. That body would survive the carrion virus. Mm. And so, that was the body he ultimately wanted to get into. So, him and Jackal were working on that one to build it. And then once everything hit the fan, Doc Ock was like, oh, this body I'm in is definitely going to crash, so I don't want to be here. So he sent off one of his little octodroids, and, you know, it essentially had the last bit. So it mixed some of the, uh, like, Otto Octavius DNA. So it's like a combination probably of Jackal, Spider-Man, and Doc Ock, and then perfected though you know so it's like oh well here's the weaker traits those were taken out here's the you know things like that but i'm i'm guessing that so it essentially has, yeah it's like a has peter's face or whatever uh yeah i think he does have pete's face so i mean <laughs> that's four people alone in this marvel universe that have peter's face running around and the best part is they're not really doing their best to like <laughs> Change you know, it like, like well they're not even changing but they're not even doing their best to be like oh let me be conscious of pete having a life <laughs> you know ben like ben straight up like when he got picked up by that uh rich lady that he essentially helped Mercury, her daughter yeah like she's like peter and he doesn't bother to be like my name's ben you know it's like yeah just call me pete <laughs> yeah uh what was the uh uh oh in that issue the or the latest issue i read of 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 Scarlet Spider, he uh, the little girl that he helped bring back to life because he made a deal with death. Um, she's like, "What'd you do to your hair?" And he's like, "Oh, I made it so it looks different." And then the little thought bubble was, "I went, I needed to make myself look different than, from Peter," which I understand is what he did in the original one, but right. like in this one, he didn't even lighten it up that much. Like I don't, I was looking at the the, the drawing, and I'm like, "What did he do different?" I don't see it. 
So the part to the right is now yeah, the part to the exactly. Left? <laughs> it's like pretty much it. It's like I don't know if they just lightened the brown a little bit, but I'm like, uh, Peter Parker has pretty light brown hair already, I think. But I w- I thought that was an interesting little thing. <laughs> and then in the end of the issue, where where um, death had brought back Kane to life. The way that they drew it, it looked like Kane had lost his carrion virus marks as well. I think so. I think both of them were cured of the carrion virus. But in the next issue, Kane had his marks back. Wow, I'll have to go take a look at that. But you know what? I think I remember thinking that exact same thought as well. So, yeah, yeah, maybe. It it definitely was two different artists. Yeah. I think I remember that much. And that's I hate how that happens because it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Who did wait? Who did what? You know? And, you know, I, I believe because uh, Scarlet Spider is another book that's doing two issues a month, right? I think recently it has been, but I don't think it'll stay on that schedule. Oh, all the okay. Time. I was going to say, I think that's another, like, and I've expressed that before is that I think that's a one of the problems, like things get rushed because, especially art, because they're doing two, two, yeah. two issues a month. Plus they have to change out artists just so that they can get things done. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I kind of... I'm not a big fan of that. I really wish it would like, especially when they do the book, like the, the series, not series. What's the word? The limited series. So like, for example, the upcoming Phoenix resurrection, it's going to be five issues, one a week. So it's like, okay, that's cool. That's weekly. That'll, that that's neat for the, um, the impatient fan in me. But at the same time, I don't like that. It's going to be different artists. And it's kind of like, oh, that sucks because like that really can deter the book. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get a great artist and writer, that issue felt good. If you get a bad writer and a good artist, it didn't feel so good. And if you get a good writer and a bad artist, it felt worse, you know, and it's like, yeah, I just don't I don't want that to happen. And that's what's going to happen. I think that that is what's been killing Marvel events. DC has at least been like, OK, you know, we're going to contract the two of you. We're going to keep you away from everything else. And you do this and you give it to us complete and we put it out there because that was a driving force behind why Final Crisis didn't do so well. J.G. Jones was the artist on that one. And J.G. Jones is like, oh, his art's very beautiful. You know, it's it's good looking stuff. And then all of a sudden he got derailed. And so it sent the, the, the series off three months. And then instead of waiting for him, they just said to hell with it. They pulled the trigger they got Doug Monkey on there, and he capped off the last two issues. Now, granted, it helped because, you know, you just wanted to end the crisis to that point, but that hurts. Hmm. You have to keep those two on schedule, and I think consistency in the art is a vital thing. We're starting to see that again. So I, I, I guess what I was just getting at when I started off was, that, do you think there's a storyline down the, down the pike that's going to involve, like, Clone Wars 2? Like... Not Clone Wars, but the Clone Saga too, like where you have four different Peter Parkers and what that means to Peter Parker himself. I think that would be neat. Um, I, I, you know, why not? And I think it'd be kind of neat, you know, revive the whole identity crisis title and then involve the slingers and wow. then have something like that. Have that it, wouldn't be bad. You know, where like put them all in a situation where they don't have their costumes and it's like you see Pete, Ben, Kane, and Octavius and it's like, okay, who's who? And it's up to the slingers to now figure it out. <laughs> so it's kind of the reverse where it was Parker in the role of those characters. Well, now it's those characters trying to figure out who's Parker. That could be kind of a fun, neat little twist on a story. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, is that everything that's coming yeah, that's out from Marvel? Much that's like, that's enough money for that week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I had read, um, was it uncanny Avengers? And 
in that one it's it's post screen uh, secret empire obviously now uh now the issues that were pre secret empire like it looked like rogue and deadpool were striking up a relationship Rogue has become a whore. <laughs> well, I wasn't <laughs> well, going to say it, but... She, she, like, essentially at one point, she's linked with Johnny Storm. Well, that's what I was going to say. In this issue, she seems like she's more linked up with Johnny Storm. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it's like, that's why Wonder Man's back, because <clears throat> Deadpool kissed Rogue, and, and she was all happy. She's like, oh, my God, I, I can touch Deadpool, and it doesn't really hurt him, you know? If anything, she would just get slimy-faced, and he's like, I don't care. I'm just really happy to be with you right now, you know? <laughs> So yeah, she is. Uh, she's bringing a whole new idea to what team relations means. <laughs> uh, and then you know the the issue was all about uh, whether or not they could trust Scarlet Witch, and Scarlet Witch wanted to come back and be on the team because she's no longer possessed by Kuthan. Yeah. Uh, but it was the voice of reason was Brother Voodoo because he was just like, hey, look, I you know during the what was it the uh, the dark time inside Manhattan. Oh yeah, were, whatever that. Yeah, the shadow. The not dark shadow, force. Yeah, the dark force. There you go. Yeah. That's the name. Uh, you know, I was possessed by someone, but you, you're okay with me being on the team and stuff like that. Why? And why can't we accept her back? And she, you know, Rogue kind of has to be like, okay, fine, but she doesn't trust him. <laughs> trust her, obviously. And 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 what's his face? Uh, her, her brother Pietro is just, uh, you know, constantly. Hey, I love my sister. You know, just, it's always about his sister for some reason. Well, but you know what? Was this also? And I don't like this fast forward logo. Yeah, I don't care for that either. <laughs> um, but like, I like or no? Okay, was this the issue with Beast and Simon? Also, was this there? No, issue? not yet. Okay, so okay, all right. I don't think I read this one then, but I, I kind of almost picked up a vibe that. <clears throat> excuse me. I almost picked up a vibe that. I think Pedro, maybe it's the, maybe I read it weird or maybe it's the next issue, but I almost feel, I picked up a vibe that even Pedro's kind of getting tired of it now. He's kind of like, yeah, I don't know, Wanda, <laughs> you know? And it's like, whoa, that's huge because no matter what, like talk about a close knit group, Magneto, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver and Vision, the four of them, despite where they were, were family. Oh, you mean uh, brother, sister, Quicksilver. father, and did I say? Oh, yeah, Quicksilver. Sorry, um, the four of them: Vision and Wanda were married. Quicksilver's the brother, and then Magneto's still the father. Oh, okay. So they were always together. That was always their little, you know, thing. And it's like ever since, obviously, Avengers disassembled. You know, it's just been spiraling even further. You know, at the end of Avengers disassembled, Magneto came. He's like, "Can I have my daughter, please?" And they turn her over. You know, and then it led to House of M. And then House of M was to a point where, like, Wanda was at first blaming Magneto. So you're starting to see that, okay, she doesn't care about her father. Turns out it was Quicksilver. So she turns her back on Quicksilver. She's like, how could you use me? You know, I'm tired of all this stuff. Um, so then it dealt with Quicksilver dealing with the fact that he's more like his father. So, boom, that broke their relationship. Like, there was at least tolerance. Now there's nothing. Then way fast forward and, you know, Vision and Scarlet Witch are done. Because I remember... During AVX, Avengers versus X-Men, when Wanda was being invited back to the Avengers mansion and like Vision standing there and he's like, no, you're not coming in here. And it's like, wow. Like he was like, no, you know, so their relationship is done. And you could even tell because it's like if you asked a current fan like, hey, what do you think of when you read the Vision book or the Scarlet Witch book? Doesn't seem like they, they cast those two in a light of even knowing each other. And then finally, uh, Axis. 
that one was the book where they basically revealed Magneto's not their father. So it's like, man, they took that little family and just <laughs> separated them all. Which I really know? don't get. I mean, obviously, uh, Pedro and uh, Magneto are blood related. I mean, they look the same. Yeah, right? I mean, how do you, like, what? But, yeah, I, thanks, Fox. Thanks, Marvel. <laughs> thanks, Ike Permalitter, or whatever your last name is. Uh, which, you know, and then it's funny that you get in Secret Empire, uh, I guess, the rebuilding of Visions in Scarlet Witch's relationship, but not really because it's a virus-ridden Vision and a possessed <laughs> Scarlet Witch. So yeah, it's like, well, since we're both evil, we like each other. Yeah, it's, I wonder, yeah. you wonder if that's like the... If that's if they're gonna try and use that as a building block to get their relationship back, I think so. I, I feel like obviously with the movie going that way, that's like yeah, we, True. we gotta we gotta capitalize on it, and it's you know, and then it'll be neat because I mean their relationship was nice. I mean, I ultimately I always kind of feel like Simon could end up with Wanda. I like that, but I also really liked Simon when he was with Carol Danvers. Mm. I thought that was a neat relationship for the two of them. Now Carol's not with War, War Machine anymore. So. Yeah, so I mean, maybe that door's open again. Who knows? Um, but even then, it's kind of weird. It's just like it was a writer was like, I think I'll, I'll try this out or I'll put that there. And once that writer's gone, it's like, oh, these two are an item? Oops, didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so what did, what did you read this week? So this week, I am still going through Captain Adam. I am reading those. I am loving this stuff, man. Oh, man. It's it's just it's so good. Um, the current I think I'm on issue 35, so I'm in the mid 30s, and it was just exciting to see Cap lose his powers. So as he loses his powers, you know who do you go to? You go to Batman, and so he's like, "Hey, Batman, I need you to tell the Justice League that I'm still okay to be in the field and I'm still okay to be the leader." This issue was really neat because it actually has Batman be like, "Okay, so of course they do their quick skirmish," and then Batman's like, "All right, you're not too bad." You know, now let's go. Let's go out on patrol. And the villain of this story is Scarecrow. This was a weird Scarecrow story, though. Hmm. So, you know, Batman takes Cap to a crime scene and you see the like, you know, ultimately it's like, well, there was a husband, wife and their two kids. Um, So the way the crime scenes laid out after the description, it's like, okay, so the two kids were hung and the parents hung themselves. Then the next panel shows it and Cap is just like, oh, my God. And he flashes back to Vietnam because he's time displaced. So that's why he could have been in the Vietnam War. And he's like, I don't want to see this stuff ever again. So he starts making it personal. And eventually, you know, they track down Scarecrow and they get fear gassed. And you see Captain Adam, his biggest fear is the nuclear bomb being used. And at first he's just devastated, you know, and he's in Gotham City. Gotham City's destroyed. But then his cast of characters start appearing and it, it dawns on him. Like, I was like, oh, this is cool. His rational mind came through. It's like, wait a second. You guys wouldn't be here. And secondly, the guy who set off the bomb, which was General Ealing, who became the Shaggy Man. Mm-hmm. So he has roots back to that era. Um, essentially, he's the one who raised Captain Adam's kids. And he's like even though you're a toad, you wouldn't have done that to the children. So I know this isn't real. And then the illusion fades. And then that's when Scarecrow's like, oh, good. I I, I did this gas to myself and it freaked me out so bad I didn't have hope. But to see you guys have hope makes me have hope. And it was like, 
That is weird. That's that is so strange. out of character for yeah. Scarecrow. But again, this is a different group of people writing the Scarecrow, but they did it interesting. And what I found funny, though, was, you know, of course, Batman's like, that son of a bitch killed this family of four. And then as soon as the Scarecrow's like, I'm sad, Batman's like, are you okay? And yeah. I was just like, yeah, that part seems about right with Batman. And sometimes it's one of the things I dislike about him because it's like, I'm going to swear on the vengeance of my family and I will bring justice. Oh, but hey, Joker, are you okay? Uh, I don't want to. I want to make sure you're you're doing all right. <laughs> Yet, meanwhile, when he goes to the bar to harass, you know, uh, thugs to get information, he'll beat the shit out of yeah. them and break their face. <laughs> yeah, not not accounting for internal bleeding or anything, but I never kill anybody. Yeah, right. <laughs> Your hand may be crippled for life, but you know, I swear by justice. <laughs> uh, cool. You know, more Captain America or Captain America, Captain Adam. <laughs> you know. Is, more people should probably be reading that. Oh, I would recommend. I mean, it's it's just nice every now and then. Like, I've, I've been doing that. Like, obviously, I'm reading the new comics that come out. Um, but it's just kind of neat to go back and time travel that. So I think as soon as I'm done with this, I actually might go back and read my JSA run. I think that could be fun nice. to go revisit. So what uh, about you? What were you reading? Uh, well, that's I, I threw out the, that Avengers. Uh, Uncanny oh, that's Avengers. right. The new issue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they, went, they would go up against Gravitron, Graviton, which, uh, you know, is an interesting... Uh, villain. I, I just think that uh, you know he's got probably one of the strongest power sets that oh it's out there, God, but he's yeah. kind of crazy. So yeah, he, thankfully he does not have his head on. Yeah, right. he doesn't. He doesn't use it quite properly. Uh, you, do you know how old that character is? Uh, he actually dates back to like early Avengers, if I remember correctly. So early. Like, I want to say yeah, he's probably around you know 1960s character. Okay. I know for sure he was around in the 70s because it's kind of funny tying back into um, Wonder Man history. No, actually, I think that was his first appearance when they br- so when Wonder Man first appeared in Avengers number eight or nine. Um, he appeared and then they killed him off in his first appearance. And it was like, what? You know, but then part of the question was, well, was this because of the DC comics having Wonder Woman? And DC's like, no, that ain't right. Mm-hmm. So Marvel shut it down. But then Marvel did get mad when they had Power Man and then DC did Power Girl. So they're like, well, screw you. We're going to bring Wonder Man back. So they brought him back around like the mid 70s. And I think actually that was Gravitron, Graviton's first appearance was the return of Wonder Man. So that was so probably actually like mid 70s then. Mm. That's where that's where he comes from, his era. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, with that being said, let's uh, go ahead and, and move on to our, our challenge for this week. So Which, we now enter the long <laughs> Halloween. Now, uh, let's go ahead and get a little bit of back backstory on, on the long Halloween uh, writer. So we got Jeff Loeb. And Jeff Loeb was the main writer of this. Um, some kind of neat stuff that I, I discovered as we were doing the writings, though. Archie Goodwin planted the seed in, Mark, in, in uh, Jeff Loeb's brain. And Jeff Loeb actually got some help from Mark Wade, which I thought was really cool. Uh, I didn't realize Wade and uh, Jeff were... Like on speaking terms, not saying that they're unfriendly, right. but I would not have guessed that those two actually had a tie together. Exactly. And uh, and Tim Sale is the artist. Uh, issue, it was a 13-issue miniseries or maxi-series, I don't know. Yeah, 13-issue maxi-series, yeah. Uh, and first issue came out in what year? Sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to look that up as well. 1996. So, yes, this began in 1996 and ran throughout 1997 as well. Okay. Uh, the, the whole idea was uh, every month they came back, there was a, or every month there was a, a death. Someone killed a criminal, uh, more than likely part of the Falcone family in some way. Um, 
or at least tied to the Falcone family. And, uh, and they, they, they ended up dubbing the killer the holiday, uh, after you know the initial of eliminating Calendar Man as as the villain, uh, they they it was the mystery that Batman, Gordon, and uh, Harvey Dent pre Two Face yes. had to uh, deal with as, as long as as well as organized crime. Which you know this is kind of what what would you say you said this was what, year third year three. Well, no, so essentially. <laughs> Excuse me. This was set year one, uh, so it's very much at the early stage of Batman's character. But again, I, what helps me in my brain, I would set this about year two actually, mm-hmm. uh, just because all the villains, like to me, like, that's what I was thinking. Because you like, know, they should have been around. Like year one was gangsters and Hugo Strange, right? That was all it ever was. Uh, then you got Robin for year two, and so on. But they've obviously elongated the story, and whatnot. So I'd put it, yeah, it's very early in Batman's career, late year one, early year two. Obviously, it takes the place of a whole year. Um, and so, yeah, the, your your bad guys are basically the washout of the Gotham gangsters, the Vitti family, the Falcone family, and the Maroni family. So, in, and I, I thought that was, you know, you get in. You get a lot of the supporting characters of Batman. You get uh, you get some Catwoman, which is very relevant now with her, the two of them, uh, you know, engaged. being engaged, riding uh, horses in sand gear. <laughs> you get uh, the Joker uh, doing Christmassy things. It was Christmas that he came out. Well, right? he started in Christmas and then got put down in New Year's. So okay. yeah, for a whole week, he terrorized Gotham. <laughs> you have Solomon Grundy showing up, who is a Gotham villain. He's you know, just but, a troll hanging out in the sewers. <laughs> but I mean, did he show? He show up in 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 Batman first or in Green Lantern first? I I want to say Green Lantern actually. I think he started. Yeah, no, he appeared first with Green Lantern. Uh, but the reason Alan why Scott he got was in yeah, Gotham. Yeah, and that well. Even then, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if Gotham was the town, if it just got... It may have been because Bill Finger was the original writer. Uh. He's the co-creator, so he he co-created both. So he may have just said Gotham, but it's not the same Gotham. Mm -hmm. That just eventually got worked out in the history of the DC Universe, where it's like, oh, well, you know, because it's like the Earth 1, Earth 2, and then once they did the... After the crisis, they did the, the timeline... So yeah, uh, Alan was the Golden Age Guardian, our superhero of the Gotham City. A little off topic, but uh, uh, if you were to do it pre-Flashpoint or pre-New 52, would you say Alan Scott was, is it within that history that you're just describing, Alan Scott was the Green Lantern hero of Gotham during Thomas Wayne's uh, time in Gotham or Thomas Wayne's father? I would say I would probably put it that I think Alan would have been Green Lantern when Thomas was a boy. Okay. And then, you know, as Thomas became a man, that's probably right around the era because it it's tough because it's firmly entrenched that they were World War II characters. That Green Green Lantern Green was. Green Lantern was right. Alan Scott was. And then obviously they, they stopped being superheroes around the nineteen fifties, the McCarthy era trials and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's tough because if you have Thomas Wayne be a boy during the 50s, then that makes Batman older because the sliding timeline stuff. So, I mean, originally, yeah, I would have said, but now actually I think I'd have to put it that it would have been Thomas Wayne's father. Which he was an industrialist. Thomas Wayne went 
into the medical field kind yes. of out of like well one because his family had money and two because he didn't want to be an industrialist and now his son bruce wayne is neither a doctor nor an industrialist he just kind of runs the company yeah okay lucius fox uh well, lucius fox really <laughs> does yeah okay no that's a it's just what i oh it's an interesting question because it's like yeah because like i always think about well okay another jeff Loeb project you know, one we love, Hush. Mm-hmm. And they had that flashback scene with Tommy Elliott and, and Bruce Wayne, and they're running around the street, and they happen to look up one time, and they see Alan Scott fighting Icicle, you know? And this was Jim Lee art. They, they put the nice brown color on it. To Hush came out, it what, 2003? 2000, 2004? 2004? Something like that. So around. you say Batman's probably in his, what, early 40s at that point? Or, early, or mid-30s? Huh? You lost me. Sorry. Bruce Wayne isn't is oh during Hush during the story yeah, of Hush. So in the Hush, like you would have to put him. He'd probably be early thirties, like 34. early thirties. Yeah, okay. well, because oh, that's that's fair enough. The prime of your life age. So then he would have. Uh, let's see, that would put him at born in the seventies. So, uh, yeah, that doesn't quite work out. Yeah, it never does. <laughs> it's, it's the sliding timeline, you know, because it's the same thing. I mean, Ben Riley. Technically, that happened six years ago. Well, the yeah. Clone saga, you know, so it's it's one of those goofy things. You know? <laughs> uh, okay, so the idea was, you know, cast who who's who's your Batman, who's your Jim Gordon, who's your uh, Harvey Dent. Uh, you know, I I guess throw out a holiday, throw out uh, some of your murders, um, that kind of thing yeah. in the Marvel universe. So me. Uh, I was kind kind of been on a, a Hawkeye kick, so that's who I went with. I went with Clint Barton. Clint Barton is my Batman. Uh, Hawkeye is going to. So you might find this a little weird, but I want to set this kind of at the era when Hawkeye was leaving the Thunderbolts. So he thought he was leaving in good hands with uh, Baron Zemo. Helmet. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Helmet is is head of of uh, of Thunderbolts. And it's right before he's going to turn the Thunderbolts back into villains again. So, with that in mind, you have you have your Harvey going from being Harvey the DA to Harvey Two Face. Oh, so that would be Baron Zemo. Hey, Baron Zemo, okay. yeah. Baron Zemo is going to be going from Citizen V, I guess, to going back <laughs> to being Baron Zemo, bad guy. Gotcha, Even though he'd okay. already made the change from bad guy to good guy, now he's going back from good guy to bad guy. Further, gotcha. right? Uh, and then who's the guy that's going to connect the two of them? You know, because you have Batman and, and Harvey being connected by Jim Gordon because right. he's the the police commissioner. Is he commissioner at that point? Is he still? I think he, he was like, Lieutenant Gordon. Lieutenant Gordon. I think he was Lieutenant Gordon. Yeah. So who's going to be that? Well, it's going to be Captain America. Because he. So Lieutenant America. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what comes before Captain. I'm terrible with with ranks. Uh, but no, yeah, Captain Steve Rogers, Captain America. So the three of them are together, and they they're talking about how. Well, what is it that they need to they they need to take down? Madam Hydra. That's the that that's their organized crime okay. family there at that point. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, the idea that uh, organized crime, you know, because I can't I couldn't really think of too many organized crime figures in in the Marvel U other than like Kingpin, Silvermane. Hammerhead, you yeah. know uh, those kind of guys. Great but, characters. You will see, and and that's another <laughs> thing. Those are those aren't really part of Hawkeye's world. So yeah, I it's, didn't. It's a tough connection for Hawkeye because he gets pulled into the Avengers, which is grand scheme. Yeah. So Hydra is the perfect foil. For right. Him. You know, Hydra, Aim, Hive. Oh, who's the third or one? No, or, Hive. 
Yeah, isn't Hive? Isn't the the beekeepers? No, I think Hive is. Well, the beekeepers is AIM. Oh, okay. But Hive is the Teen Titans. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. There is a third one because it's like Hydra, AIM, and I can't think of whoever they are. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the, the different outfits. I think they're red. I want to say I think they're red clad people. Is, but, it, is but, it the hand? No, <laughs> that's the ninjas. <laughs> but, but, but honestly, I like that because even AIM, AIM is just like a bunch of scientists who want to like, they're the group, they're not evil, they're not malicious. They're like, hey, we found this cure for cancer and instead of waiting for the FDA to approve human trials, we're just going to do it. Hey, we made this really cool gun, we want to use it. That's, that's what they do, so they're not sinister. But Hydra, as we've seen, look what they could do. So I like that. I think that's a great pick for, you know, this is something that's going to come in. It's, it's a cancer. Mm-hmm. It's a cancer. You know, the organized crime, the, the, the Falcone family, they're a cancer on Gotham City. And Hydra has always been a cancer in the Marvel U. So no, I, I think you picked a great, you know, villainous head to try to... <laughs> to chop off so and then uh what i learned reading long halloween and because talking about it with you is that uh the whole reason why catwoman's kind of involved a lot in long halloween with the marconi or the falcone family is that you find out later in other books that she's the daughter or might be the daughter of carmine falcone she was i don't know if they kept that okay uh so my catwoman i guess would be um uh what was uh, uh, Black Widow? Ooh. Not so much the daughter of uh, Madame Hydra or anything, <laughs> but like uh, maybe the the Red Room that she was part of, you know, maybe had some dealings with Hydra, and you know, them make they made uh, the program possible, kind of thing. We can throw that around in there. Um, I think that's a neat. Why why did the Red Room exist? Yeah, you could start putting supply into that question. Do, now, does uh, do you do you put any value in the whole Hawkeye and, and Black Widow as a couple? Oh yeah, the original Black Widow is such a tough one for me because I've never really read her stuff. I haven't even made time to read the Wikipedia entry. I feel <laughs> bad, but it's like when she first appeared, she was very much like in a dress, a formal dress, mm-hmm. and you know she was a normal aged woman. I think brunette, and she was an industrial spy that would always plague Tony Stark. Well, that's why Hawkeye, when he decided, like, I'm done being this archer in a traveling carnival, I want to get into these super heroics. And the first time he goes out to, like, stop a crime, it happens to be Black Widow. And he's like, damn, she's gorgeous. Okay, as long as you stop doing bad stuff, I'll follow you. (laughs) And that's why he got mistooken for a villain. But that's not the redhead... No, super no. spy that we know. Right. But is that her? They just changed her up or what? Because as we've seen with Black Widow, she's older. Like she's, you know, like 90 years old, but she looks like she's a 30-year-old right. woman. Well, so, she's got that longevity you know, serum or whatever. Like that infinity formula yeah. as well. Yeah. And then, you know, and, and also Black Widow is kind of a title. Like they gave it to that. That's true. The blonde Actually, yeah. girl too. Uh, so Okay. I did forget about there's, that. Yeah. There's that going on. Um my uh i guess it, what what's what's uh harvey dent's wife's name gilda gilda yeah that i don't know i don't know who mockingbird uh, well <laughs> no i'm sorry well you said you're baron zemo right baron right zemo so maybe songbird because she was they had a relationship at one point baron zemo and, and songbird i believe yeah and she's very much she's gonna go for power he represents power in that equation. So right. She would definitely go for him. So the idea that, you know, maybe the two of them could be together more if she, he wasn't having to deal with this Hydra stuff going on, you know, kind of thing. 
uh, she sees him slipping further, further out of control, you know, kind of, kind of the way Harvey Dent was, was slipping out. Uh, my, uh, Madam Hydra, uh, or I guess our Hydra agent that ends up being the Alberto Falcone character. Uh-huh. It's Bob, right? <laughs> well, no, Bob is my April Fool's kill. kill. <laughs> Bob, Adrian Hydra. Uh, I, I guess that would be the, who would be the person. I might need your help on this, but who would be the person that you know f- feels a little worthless in the Hydra, but wants to prove themselves? You know, uh, I can't think of really too many Hydra agents that stick out. Well, okay, one I like, and she even has a little bit of ties to Black Widow, as you saw in uh, Secret Empire, uh, Viper. Viper? She always wants to be ahead. Well, isn't she the And Madame she gets Hydra? screwed over. No, because, and that's a tough one, because something, at one point, well, Madam Hydra is almost like a title. Oh, yeah. So she's right. been a Madam Hydra, but she always gets, you know, because in case of, in the, ca- the recent case, you know, she was a good general in the... Hydra army, but then Black Widow managed to manipulate her to be like, hey, I've got some dirt on you. Mm. Fine. So it's like she always gets that chance. It's like she gets to be Madam Hydra for half an issue. So it's like, yeah, there's somebody who's well-respected. She's a great villainess, can do some amazing stuff, but she can never capitalize or seal the deal. So she does have that inferiority complex when it does come to Hydra. Okay. So if you wanted, if, if we went with that, I just I know there's another character in there, and I, I can't think of who it is that I, I would want to throw in that Alberto Falcone uh, that that role role. But uh, well, but the I, neat thing with Alberto, his first appearance is the Long Halloween, so it's not like he was ever established. I, oh, so I could just create a character. So you could just have a general that was in there that was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, basically, you, you could even go back to maybe say Baron Zemo's father, his helmet, and then Einrich. So maybe like Einrich's lead general and then the son, some you could tie something like that where it's like, you know, my father served you and this is disgusting because now I'm the second generation serving you. Right. You know, maybe it could be something to that line. Okay. So, uh, I mean, the, that that's pretty much what I had. I don't, I didn't, I didn't go through and who all the different kills were, uh, what all the different holidays were, but I, I, I like the idea of, of, of a big maxi series with, with Hawkeye. I think that'd be neat, and that's the perfect vehicle for Hawkeye because I love Hawkeye. I think he's a great character. Um, I, I just I just feel weird, like, because I, I think about Hawkeye and the stories that I've read with him, and then I think about the movies and the way that they've dealt with him. Like, the Hawkeye that's in the movies is definitely the ultimate yeah, universe. The, 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 the ultimate Hawkeye, yeah. Yeah, because he's got that family, family, and he's more of a spy as, as opposed to being a costume hero that, that he is in the comic books. Like, he's very much into being, like, I'm the Avengers. The yeah. Avengers are me. Like... I know he was a, he wasn't part of the original crew, but he's very much a staple of the Avengers at oh every. God, he's been there since issue sixteen. Yeah, so uh, I just I just feel like he's uh, he needs that that type like what they're doing with him now. Like I don't know. I guess I haven't read him in in a little bit, but like his Occupy Avengers team, like I, it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. I, I, <laughs> I, I've heard a lot of great things about, was it Matt Fractions? Oh God. Yeah. But I tried to hook you on that. I don't think it worked. huh? I don't think so. Like yeah. the whole apartment building thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to put him in a, a green arrow, like, but mold. he, but he does fit that. He does. He is, a, he's very much an adventurer because, to, like I like the fact that you pick a maxi series, maxi series with with Clint in the lead. Mm-hmm. Because no offense to Clint, I think he's a great character. But like, if you want Clint, the Vision, and say Thunderstrike to sell, 
you have to put them all together. And True. those books work when you make a team book because it's like, okay, why like let's let's pick champions for example okay so why am i buying champions cyclops is in it Fair so enough. now i'm in it but it does get me curious about the wasp so i'll flip through the wasp book you know i want to learn more about viv so i'm going to go back and read the tom king vision so that one book that one character got me in there and now it's got me exploring two so you you got a fan to go in one and now leave three and that's how those books work so with your idea like i like your trinity there does that she, it's oh go ahead i'm sorry to cut you off but the the wasp that's in she's not in champions is she no but she late well sorry she's on my brain Empire. because they had the crossover so so is she that's that's hope uh hope van dyne hope pym hope pym there you go sorry because she's not janet's daughter yeah, she's not just Janet, she's just hank's daughter uh but d- she calls herself red wasp all right or did she just call her what? I thought she was Wasp, but maybe I missed something because well, I've been just, on and off my Avengers books. So. I'm just thinking because obviously Janet is back. She's on the Uncanny Avengers, and she calls herself Wasp. I mean, obviously, there's in the Marvel yeah, universe. Spider Man could it be Miles or Pete? You know? I just, I, and and I think you're doing a disservice to everybody by not giving them separate names. Like I understand what you want to say is that Miles Morales is Spider Man. Peter Parker is Spider Man. They're both Spider Mans. Like right. that's great. In a whole, we are. Uh, superheroes and and I'm no lesser than you and you're no lesser than me. Right. But as a fan, I have to now I have to say Spider-Man Miles Morales or Spider-Man Peter Parker or Wasp Janet Van Dyne, Wasp Hope Pym. Like I can't just say Wasp oh, or yeah, Red Hulk. Wasp. Yeah, Hulk. Are you talking Animus or Bruce? Yeah, I need I need to, I need them to have different names. And, All right, but and, then I got a question for you. What about when I say Flash? No, I need them to have different so names, So you want too. them to have different names I, I don't well, want, yeah. I, I, don't, I like. I mean, I get it. Barry and Wally are both the Flash, but I want B- Wally to have a different name. Ooh. I really do. Even yeah. though Wally is my Flash. Yeah, Wally's my Flash. I mean, like, I love Barry, and I'm a Silver Age guy, but when I was picking up those comics, it you know, this was like early Wally. I watched him through his struggles. You know, when he was like, God, I can only run Mach 1. God, that's so sad. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe this is like the comic book industry's way of, of getting people away from secret identities, which is really kind of ludicrous. Like, if you're, if you're a hero, there's no real way if you're going to be able to keep your, your identity secret because the masks don't really hide or, you know... Well, some of them don't even have... all the technology. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like if you're, say, Wally forgets and he runs off with his phone, his tracking device is going to be like... This guy just moved <laughs> blip miles like the phone can't even register. What just happened? So yeah, with and so with all the different uh, you know pe- like conversations they have in comics, probably I'm betting Batman doesn't say to Wonder Woman, "Hey, you know, Flash is going to be over here tomorrow." He says Barry will be over here tomorrow, you know, kind of thing. Right. So it's just like maybe that's just their way of they're like trying to get us out of the whole idea of of of. Secret identities. I don't know. I hope not because I like secret identities. So do I. I think it's neat when it's like, part of the comic book. Yeah, because like I always loved that moment when you know Harry or sorry when Norman Osborn and Peter Parker were together because it's like oh my god the tenacity that, that that struggle. But you bring that up and you think about you think about uh, uh, what we just saw in Spider Man Homecoming. You know you have Vulture and and Spider Man sitting in the in the car together, which. You know, everybody is, is, is clamoring about how that's such a great scene. It's so intense. And, you know, the two characters are seen are in the car with each other. But think about the fact that if he didn't put the two and two together, the two of them, that he's Spider-Man and he's the Vulture, like, you get a whole other dynamic of these two are friends or they're being friendly to each oh, other yeah. because they have a connection between Liz. 
and they don't know that the other one is is their mortal enemy at this point yeah. kind of thing. So I don't know. To me, well, no, I think that's neat. I, I wish, it, but that, that's the tough part because with comic books, we have infinite time. Mm-hmm. Movies only get two hours, and that's what's tough because yeah, like how cool would that have been? You know, if there was a situation where it's like, yeah, hey, I, I, you know, like all right, you know, uh, Liz, go inside. All right, Pete, no funny business with my daughter. <laughs> you better not break her heart. You better be there for her. If you're gonna be, you know, this is a big moment. This is senior year. This is prom. You don't do anything bad to her. And that would have been cool, and we'd have that that moment, you know. And maybe you could have some subtle hints, you know. Or even, like, but but well, but here's what would have been neat because if we had a longer um, view time, mm-hmm. you know, that should have ended with Liz going home crying. And, then, and, and it's like, well, why is she crying? Because Pete stood her up at the prom. Right. Because she doesn't realize that, like, yeah, Adrian Toomes gets exposed and arrested because that's what always happens to the villain. Right. But now Pete's got to live with the fact that, you know, maybe Adrian found out in the fight that it's Pete or not, but Liz is going to hate him for a whole other reason. Right. You know, and that would have been neat. And that's the richness we get of comic books. But the movie's got to do compressed storytelling where it's like, shoot, <laughs> we're going to lose that element. Because, you know, again, the night Gwen Stacy died. You know, are not are even going before that when Captain Stacy died. She took solace in Peter and was like, I hate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see that in the amazing Spider-Man films because it's like, well, she knows. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you're Spider-Man. It's OK. My dad died. Let's go swing and make out. <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, that, that's my end of the challenge. Uh, you know, I, I, I want to hear what, what you came up with. All sounds right. it sounds like because you threw out there uh, a daredevil earlier. So, yes. Yeah, so I um. I, I went hardcore. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, okay. So, luckily, I, I had some time on my hands finally, which has been so rare this year. Um, so, okay, the long Halloween. I knew with it being gangsters and that era, I had to go Daredevil. I just had to. Mm-hmm. Um, originally, obviously, I wanted to go X-Men because I thought that would have been easier because it's such a wide cast of characters. But I, I decided, no, I, I think I want to put myself back on the street and let's do this. Now, I propose I need a Daredevil Max series because mm-hmm. I'm going to kill some people. It's fine with me. I, 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 I believe people. he had a Max series at one point, didn't he? I know Punisher did. I don't think Daredevil like I he like I know Kingpin and Bullseye appeared in the Punisher Max. Maybe Pun- maybe Daredevil did as well. But I for as far as I know, he's always been mainstream. Okay. you know Marvel Universe. Okay, so I want to call mine Daredevil All Saints Year. <laughs> so I I pulled out a calendar and I researched every holiday I could. So I tried to stay away from it. So uh, a little bit more information. So with Long Halloween, issue number one, actually, and I didn't catch this when I initially read it. It was various months, uh, June, July, August, capitalizing in October. So actually, even though it's called the Long Halloween and we think it's a year, it's a little bit over a year because I forgot about that. But those were setting stones. Mm. So that was like, here's, here's, the, here's the motivations for why Harvey, Gilda, and uh, uh, Alberto could have done what they did. So the first kill is on Halloween, and it's Johnny Vitti. Uh, then next we issue two goes to Thanksgiving Day and the Irish mobsters are killed. Issue three is Christmas and we have Milos Grappa, which is uh, Carmo- Carmine Falcone's bodyguard. So that's his trusted man. Uh, the next issue goes to Little Christmas, which is January 6th. And that's when we have Alberto Falcone is killed. But we don't realize at that point that it's a fake killing. 
Issue five is Valentine's Day, and we see more of, or we see Sal Maroney's mob men are massacred. Then issue six takes us to St. Patrick's Day, where more of his men are killed. April Fool's Day for issue seven, where no one is killed except the Riddler is shot at. Issue eight is on Mother's Day, and the gunmaker, the man who's making these little pistols, right. he's the one who's killed. Uh, issue nine is on Father's Day, and that's when Luigi Big Lou Maroney is killed, and he is the father of Sal Maroney. Uh, issue 10 is on Independence Day, and that's when the coroner is killed. And at that point, you're wondering, well, why the coroner? Because he's just some random-ass coroner. Who cares? Issue 11 was August 2nd, which isn't a holiday because it's Roman's birthday. So there yeah. is Carmine, Carmine Falcone. And on his birthday, his um, sister-in-law is killed, Carla Vitti. Then issue 12 is on Labor Day, and that's where Sal Maroney dies. Um, and that's where we actually discover who Holiday is, because at this point, he's already thrown acid in Harvey's face. Um, that actually happened on August 2nd, another birthday present for the, uh, for the, for the Roman. Mm-hmm. So as they're transporting Maroney from the, like, the Gotham City police department holding cells to the, the prison or whatever, that's when Holiday is revealed and we discover that it's uh, Alberto. And then finally on the, thir- on the 13th issue, it comes back full circle Halloween day and that's when Carmine Falcone is then killed. But this time he's killed directly by Two-Face and that's when Two-Face says it's over. And then it's the ever ending, or it's the illusion of when Two-Face says, well, there's two killers because Two-Face has to have everything too. Mm-hmm. Maybe we take it that it was Two-Face killing Falcone and then Alberto killing the rest. But then you mix in Gilda, who knows? So anyways, that's just a quick rundown. So as I researched this, I tried to challenge myself to pick different days. So I actually found myself looking at a lot of Catholic religious holidays because of Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But I also, I picked a lot of um, uh, vet, well, uh, military-based holidays as well. And I like this because I kind of wanted to play up the idea that when mafia families do talk, they still use military lingo, you know, the general, the capos, you know, lieutenants. And stuff like that. So I thought that'd be kind of neat. So here we go, Daredevil, All Saints Year. And this actually, um, this will have just ended yesterday <laughs> because it all comes to a culmination October 31st, 2017. Wow. So this will be a very modern tale. <clears throat> here we go. Issue one takes place on October 10th of 2016, which was Columbus Day. So the people that are killed are the enforcers, Fancy Dan, Ox, and Montana. Wow. So they're just at their hideout, and then all of a sudden, bam, just guns blazing, in comes, and they are killed. Now, this represents that their land isn't safe. Now, not to get political with how people view Christopher Columbus, but it's just this is the new world. So that's why I picked that day, because we are going into a newer world. Mm -hmm. So Hell's Kitchen, New York, is just going to be in some shit. So the... We bring back one of our former district attorneys, Blake Tower. He is very high profile. He's actually very high profile in the Marvel comics. He's worked with She-Hulk. He tried the uh, Sin Eater. He tried, I think, Daredevil and Captain America. So he's he has a lot of profile in this mass criminal business. So this is just like one of the, like, we've never seen villains die in this manner before. So they bring him in. Ben Urich is obviously a part of this. You know, he's, he's a good investigator, but he's also going to help with the media pool. And then, of course, Daredevil. So that's my trinity. So those three gentlemen are going to be working this case to find out what's going on. Issue two. So this will take place on November 11th, 2016, which was Veterans Day. So with New York basically kind of being worried about what's going on, well, 
who can you bring in that you can control? So they decide, well, let's bring in Nuke. So Nuke gets manipulated into being brought into New York, uh, New York City to help keep the town safe. Well, more or less for the military standard. Um, so pretty much his transport is coming in and, you know, Nuke's about to like pop one of his pills and it's, you know, the, you know he's about to take the red pill and be like, all right, I'm going to solve this case. And I want to time the panel that right as he takes the red pill, you'll just see the pill get enlarged. The panel goes all red and then it'll zoom out to his transport truck in flames. They just got hit by a missile, surface wow. air missile. They are destroyed. So it's like, oh shit. What just happened there? Now, keep in mind, Nuke has ties to characters. So why was his death specific? So we're going to be throwing out all kinds of theories. I want that little, you know, that cork board with pictures and the string theory <laughs> that ties it all together. But the initial thought is, okay, well, wait a second. This happened on 10-10 and 11-11. Okay, so I think we might have a pattern established. So they're going to be waiting for December 12th. Something's going to happen. And even then they're thinking, okay, well, you know, you never know. Like these have been holidays so far. So December's got quite a few. Now, this is where we go a little bit more on the religious side. So issue three is going to take place on December 8th, 2016. And this is the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Now, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception is basically the conception of Mary in the womb of her mother. So I figured, okay, this is where we've definitely got to have a female character be murdered. So since we're talking about you know mary and we we use titles and stuff like that i like a female character that has a title as well lady bullseye oh. yes she's a very young character yes she's very popular and i'm sorry but i'm gonna kill her <laughs> um so she's at kingpin's lair because obviously everybody's tightening up their security so the kingpin's gonna be like all right i need my my lady bullseye back so he has her there and she's a great character so this is gonna be shameful because i can't reveal who her killer is yet so the kill is just gonna be real quick and done which is unfair to her but it happens so she's gonna get killed so now we're starting to notice that okay wait a second kingpin directly has two kills nuke and lady bullseye those are kingpin related characters and the enforcers they've kind of bounced around mm -hmm. so you know kingpin's starting to get a little bit wise okay something might be happening all right, so issue four is going to happen on January 6th, 2017, the Day of Epiphany, or also known as Three Kings Day. Um, that one is basically, as we start to see, you know, that, that we are aware that there is a God. You know, in, 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 the, in the Catholic undertones, we, this is where God is revealing himself to us. Um, so if we're thinking about a God, who fancies themselves as a God? Mr. Fear does. Now, Mr. Fear, and I'm going specifically for the Larry Cranston Mr. Fear, because this is the one who drove Daredevil's wife, Mila. He drove her insane. Mm. So he fear gassed her, and then he forgot the formula. So there's no saving Mila. She's done. That is like one of the, after losing Karen Page, that is like, or actually, I'd say that's probably even harder than Karen Page, because at least Karen's dead. Mila is just going to live out her days being insane. Right. Um, so anyways, Larry Cranston, you know, Daredevil brought him to justice, but Larry used a new discovery. Uh, one, of our, one, one of the prison guards slipped him a, dr a drug that essentially made his, his jailers think of him as a king. So it's like, yeah, I'll just hang out in prison in my little kingdom. Who cares? So since we're talking about Epiphany, Three Kings Day, um, this is where we find out about a new drug called Neil. And so that's what I'm going to call the drug that essentially makes people think of you as a king. So instead of like scarecrow fear toxins, this one's Neil and it puts you into a subservient mode. So we're going to kill the king. Larry Cranston, Mr. Fear, is going to be killed in his prison cell. And again, this is going to be a nasty whack job. But this clue is going to be very vital that this drug is there. It's going to get overlooked, of course. 
Um, so we're going to see what's going to happen on that. So again, you know, we're talking kingpins and now a drug called Neil. <laughs> very, very interesting. Um, issue five will take place on February 20th of 2017. This is Washington's birthday. George Washington, our first president, one of our greatest generals. So if we think first... I went back to the Marvel Universe and not necessarily, well, I went to the Marvel Universe, not necessarily timely comics, but I went to the Marvel Universe and I asked myself, okay, who was one of the first, first like big crime bosses? And that was the big man, Frederick Foswell. Hmm. Well, Frederick Foswell is already dead, so I couldn't kill him again. But even better, his daughter Janice actually took on the role of being the big man. She tried to avenge her father. So I'm in a habit that she obviously lost. She was arrested and whatnot, and she hasn't been used ever since. So she tried to go straight. But we know in the crime world, you can never go straight. So if we kill the big man, okay, something is very much happening. So the general, the big man is dead. So this just hammers a home. So now all of organized crime. So those characters you mentioned before, Tombstone, Hammerhead, uh, they're... Silvermane, they're all going to be wondering what the hell's going on. So New York is going to be under crime fire. <laughs> so like Hell's Kitchen, yeah, somebody turned the stove on. It's going to get bad. <clears throat> Issue six will take place on March 1st, 2017, which was Ash Wednesday. Now as a Catholic, this is going to begin the journey towards Easter. So this is going to be your 40 days where you try to, you know, to repent and, and ultimately hopefully attain Oh, I had the word redemption. So I thought to myself, okay, this is a journey. And who's been on a big journey to go from bad to good in the daredevil world? The gladiator has. Oh, wow. Yep. I feel bad because he's such a great character. Marvin Potter, Melvin Potter. Melvin, we yeah. even saw him in the, the, the Netflix series. Um, yeah, I'm going to kill him. And it's going to be gross. He's going to be in his workshop dead, uh, skinned, because I thought that'd be kind of neat because the whole costume. He's tailor, idea, yeah. you know. Um, and basically, this is letting us know there is no more redemption. So this one hits very much hard and home because even Ben and Matt are going to be like, wow, he tried to be good, you know, so something is going on here. Uh, again, who hired him? So let's think about some of those plot strings and things <laughs> like that. Uh, issue seven will play, take place on April 14th, 2017. And that was Good Friday. Now, as a Catholic myself, I've always wondered why we call it Good Friday when that's the day Jesus Christ was crucified. It's like, that's not really good. I mean, yes, in the grand scheme of things, we see what happens. But I always just, I always find something interesting on that day. So obviously, with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, I thought to myself, okay, well, Jesus Christ was a healer. Ooh. Oh, sorry, night nurse. Linda Carter is going to be crucified in her hospital. (laughs) And this shows us nothing is sacred. So now it's really starting to get heated and Daredevil's just going to be pissed. Man, you know, when it gets revealed that Awatu is the killer here, it's going to be really (laughs) devastating. He just went from watcher and knowing everything to like, fuck this world. I am done with you all. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's even harder because with that big head, how did he get into these places? I know. And no one noticed. (laughs) Yeah. Like, hey, why do all these door frames have elongated tops? All right. So... That happens, and that's when it's going to go down. Now, issue eight is going to be my April Fool's Day issue. Um, This one will take place on May 29th, 2017, Memorial Day. You should never kill on a day of remembrance. Mm. So I thought that would be great. So who is going to be my Riddler? Who's going to be attempted? Bullseye. You can't kill Bullseye. He's such a damn good character. (laughs) So an attempt will be made on Bullseye, but this is just done to keep him in check because Bullseye is going to start getting wise. 
he he's not a dumb guy. No. He's just not a, a master manipulator. No. So he's kind of starting to get it together, but it's almost like, you know, as a back off, but respect. And so he's just like, all right, I'm out of this. So I want to just kind of do that little tongue in cheek for the reader to be like, how come Bullseye wasn't in this thing? And <laughs> that's going to be the issue where even Bullseye is just going to be like, I think it's time for me to take a holiday. I'm out. You know, like I don't need to be here for this. So the attempt is made on Bullseye uh, again, just to keep him in check. And then, you know, to not let anybody know down or no murders will be happening in order to show honor and also memories. So in that issue, there's going to be a lot of reflection. So we want to take stock of who we've like, who some of these crime pin crime King pins have lost, you know, um, Tombstone, he's had a son that's been estranged from him. Silvermane, you know, he's very much a greedy guy, so he doesn't really think about his family that he's lost. Hammerhead, you know, thinks about the women that he's lost. Kingpin thinks about his two main losses, Vanessa and his son Richard. So, you know, we're going to start seeing that. So I want that issue to be like, hmm, you know, like, let's let's see what's going on with that. What's with these blood ties? Um, Issue nine will happen on June 4th, 2017, which was the Pentecost. So the Pentecost in Catholic uh, religion is basically um, where we, we, we see that, oh, how did I phrase this? So the, the Holy Spirit descends upon man. So the Holy Spirit is, is definitely, you know, um, it's the, the third part of the Trinity. And it's, it's not necessarily, it's hard to explain. So the way, well, okay, the way I did it in, in my comic thought is, so we have the, 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 the Holy Spirit, but we also have the Holy Wrath. So I thought this would be kind of a play on that one. So this time we're going to have a holy wrath descend upon Hell's Kitchen. So it's already pretty nasty and it's only going to get worse. So the kill on that day is going to be Hammerhead. And he's going to be decapitated, but also that plate is going to be removed from his head. So this is going to be some nasty like seven looking art. That's why this has got to go max. (laughs) So Hammerhead is just going to get a double whammy dose of death there. Uh, Issue 10 will take place on... July 4th, 2017, the Independence Day. That one's a tough one. As I've learned, July does not have many holidays. (laughs) Uh, So I had to recycle and I I used Independence Day. So Tombstone will be the kill. Why Tombstone? Well, he started off as a general for the Kingpin. He was one of those men. So now that Tombstone is dead, we definitely know we are independent. We are alone. So that's when you start realizing that this is all going after the Kingpin. So now we're going to start having our characters be a little bit more wise. So Kingpin knows, okay, I need to start watching my camp. Daredevil, Ben Urich, and Blake Tower also know they need to start watching some of the Kingpin's people. So now the threads are getting close. So issue 11 will open on August 15th, 2017, which was the assumption of the Blessed Mary Virgin, uh, the Virgin Mary. So when Mary died, that is the day of her death. So if we're looking at this, Mary is the mother of Jesus Christ. So my killer, essentially, by taking this Neil drug, feels that he is the king. So the mother has to die. And that mother will be Vanessa Fisk. Wow. Now, I know you ask, wait a minute, how can she die? She's already dead. That's because the hand resurrected her ghost. So now, this time, she's not only going to just be like, she can't be put down, but she's going to be put way down like spiritual death so this is going to be some freaky shit like i need a good artist on that issue (laughs) issue 12 so this is going to be the big reveal and this is going to take place september 10th 2017 
Grandparents' Day. Womp, womp. Yeah, I know. What a, what a great Hallmark holiday. <laughs> so we're going to put this one on the, on the map. So if you're familiar with the TV show Daredevil, we saw Bill Fisk was an asshole. Uh, Bill Fisk has always been an asshole, and I don't think he really ever had a name. And various ways show him dying or this or that or whatever the case may be. Well, I wanted to add an element to Wilson Fisk. I think he's going to be a little bit of a big old softy. So, yes, you want to be hard and you want to be like, yeah, I destroyed the man who abused me. I killed my father. No, he never did. Turns out his father was just a drunk, you know, kind of went crazy. So Kingpin's like changed his name, put him in an old folks home and just made sure he was always taken care of because that's his last link to family, you know, with Vanessa and everybody else and how his organization has driven him away. So Bill Fisk wasn't killed. Um, but now he's going to be found dead. And this is where we start seeing a really major clue. It's a rose. Like he's done. Like it could be a bullet hole and then you're going to have this rose sticking out of it. So the rose. Oh, yeah. I just told you who my killer is. It's the rose. <laughs> the rose. Who was the rose? Richard Fisk. Oh. The kingpin's son. So now we get it. We understand that what's going on. So why certain characters? Well, okay. By taking out the enforcers, you took out your street level thugs. By taking out Nuke, Nuke was one of Wilson Fisk's biggest mistakes. Uh, during the whole, oh, got born again storyline, Nuke did more damage than he was worthwhile. Um, by killing Lady Bullseye, again, she's been another character that instead of killing Daredevil, she made him more resolve. Mr. Fear, same situation. Uh, the Big Man was one of those characters in contemption for being the Kingpin of New York. Gladiator was another failed um, character to be hired by Kingpin to kill off Daredevil. Night Nurse. Now, why Night Nurse? You know, all she ever does is just help people. Well, that's why she's the coroner. You know, she's the one that Fair essentially, enough. when we thought Richard Fisk was dead, he wasn't dead. She just stitched them back together. And Night Nurse never talks, no matter what. You know, mm -hmm. she tells the good guys, "I won't tell you what the bad guys do," and vice versa. Um, Bullseye again. That Bullseye, obviously, that that argument is invalid because it's like, well, wait a second. You know, he's he's as much of a mistake, you know, as as an assassin. But you know, he's just too great a character. So that's where I'm going to pull off my well, thing. I would also throw it out there that you know, Bullseye will do whatever the highest bidder does ask him to do. So if you have it that Richard Fisk has access to some money and I imagine he does, you know, he pays, he pays him off. He's like, Hey, you know, I, I didn't kill you when I could have, and I'm going to pay you to go take a holiday. Yeah, could be. I, I could steal that and put that in there. Like, okay, you know, Bullseye's like, hey, no questions asked. I saw that I could have been handed my nutsack, and instead I got a sack of cash. I'm good. Mm -hmm. All right, I could steal that. Uh, Hammerhead, who is definitely in contention for being a kingpin as well. Tombstone, again, one of um, one of uh, the generals of Wilson Fisk. And then Vanessa Fisk, why would a son kill his mother? Because it actually was Vanessa who pulled the trigger on Richard Fisk. Mm. She killed her son. So it kind of comes full circle. And again, an homage to Jeff Loeb. Yeah, you didn't know who my killer was because they were dead. Ha ha ha. Take that. <laughs> so I stayed within the realm of it. Now, in this issue, once the big reveal happens, we're going to have Kingpin, Blake, Ben, and Daredevil. They're all at the scene. This is where everything's going to be going crazy. And obviously, you know, Ben is just going to be the guy who cowers in fear, like, I'm the fuck out of here, you know. Uh, 
Kingpin, Richard doesn't want to hurt his father. You know, it's kind of like, well, I want to put you in power, so I'll inherit that power. So the two of us are going to work hand in hand. Because the mistake that Richard Fisk has always done is he always thought he could take out his dad. Well, now with the Neil drug, his motivations, it's like, yeah, my father is the king, therefore I am the king. My father is God, therefore I am Jesus. You know, it kind of plays into those undertones and things like that. So for once, he's not going after his father. Daredevil can hold his own, so who can't hold their own in that room? Blake. Yeah, it sucks to be a district attorney in these stories, doesn't it? <laughs> so obviously Blake is going to get really messed up. So it's going to basically, you know, that the, the, the chemicals and some dis, disfiguration is going to happen to him. Uh, the chemicals are going to drive him mad. So who does he become? Well, I mentioned that one earlier, one of his high-profile cases, the Sin Eater. Mm. So, yep, he becomes the sin, and it's the sin eater, and this kind of ties in with the whole religious aspect to it. So a sin eater just goes and takes away your sins so you can ascend. So I like that. I've always thought that was a great character. Um, he was very much like this was in the era of the Son of Sam and things like that. So this is exciting. So we're going to bring the Sin Eater back. He's going to be a, a, a character here for a while, maybe, you know, when I do my sequel or whatnot. <laughs> uh, so then this is all going to culminate. So, you know, the, the explosion and everything happens and we don't know what's what. We don't know the ramifications. So issue 13 will come around and this one will take place on October 31st, 2017. That's right. All Saints Eve. Oh, that's right. It's a double dip holiday. So it's going to take place on All Saints Eve. And then finally, Richard Fisk is so happy. He's like, there you go. I've gotten you to the point, Father. The kingdom is yours. Hell's Kitchen is yours. We've done it our way. It's going to be great. And then, bam, shotgun blast through the chest. And then he's going to fall to the floor being killed. And that's when the Sin Eater will be revealed. I'd tell you in advance, but that's when we're going to see it happen. Blake takes off the mask and he says, you've been absolved. And that's how it's going to end out <laughs> and daredevil was just sitting there like ah yeah like ah, this is some wicked i don't shit. know what the hell just happened <laughs> no that's that was pretty incredible dude uh, I, i'm i'm glad that you were able to get that whole story out there and uh it, uh, marvel should definitely take a look at that because that's a that's a story right there um cool uh obviously chris had more of a, a detailed story <laughs> than i did but uh, if you'd like to talk to us about either one of those stories we'd love to hear you so uh, check me out on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. Chris is also on Twitter as stuff I should say should being spelled S H U D. The rest of Geekly Radio is at Geekly Radio on Twitter, at Geekly Radio on Instagram, and Facebook.com backslash Geekly Radio is our web our Facebook page. Check out our website, geeklyradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geekly Radio Network. And then don't forget, if you listen to this episode and you're really excited and you didn't listen to our reader roundtable, uh, definitely make sure you... Comic Book of the Month. Yeah, Comic Book of the Month Club. <laughs> yeah. Definitely go back and check that out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it'll give you a little bit more insight. I was glad Ian, one of our, our, our regular guests who comes on here, I was glad he picked that story. It's a great one. Um, so it was just neat to get creative with it again. There it is. So uh, until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Radio Network saying, always remember to... Geek, Geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.